Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up Podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces. Folks, 12 months ago was the Malulabar Triathlon uh, and I was up there covering the event and it was when shit really started to hit the fan in terms of uh, the global pandemic. Uh, well, in Australia at least anyway, Australian, fair to say New Zealand as well. A couple of weeks prior, uh, I was at Ironman New Zealand and that's when we started to get sort of inklings that some this strange uh, COVID crisis was, you know, afoot. Um, but I, I just remember, you know, we were told – to be using hand sanitizer, not to shake hands, to dab elbows instead. And we just weren't taking it seriously. I, I hosted an event um, at, in Topor and it just wasn't, yeah, I, I don't think many people were taking it all that seriously because we didn't fully understand uh, what was actually happening across the globe and, and just how serious uh, COVID was about to become. Um, so yeah, I hadn't given it much of a thought and then, uh, went to Malulabar Tri a couple of weeks later. Uh, I've got a lot of friends up on the sunny coast. So I was going to work. Frankie was with me as well. One of my good mates was watching her, um, over the actual event weekend. And then we were going to hang out for a few days afterwards and catch up with friends, uh, outside of the actual triathlon event. But Things started to escalate quite quickly uh, and I just, I I got a little bit anxious about being away from home. Not that I was worried about uh, getting stuck in Queensland. I mean, there's worse places to be stuck, Uh, but it was, it was more that I just had this overwhelming uh, urge to get back home and be with Brett um, in case, you know, things really went um, south and I'm really glad I made the decision because it took that anxiety away just being back at home. Um, and yeah, I, I, <laughs> it was maybe a few days later, um, Brett was stood down from his role. Um, I had a discussion with Iron Man, Oceana, and things were sort of, uh, yeah, it came to a very abrupt halt. Uh, so I don't even know, like, do we, are we celebrating this? I don't know. It's not, it just, it feels bizarre that it was 12 months ago uh, and not something you'd read about in a book or watch it on a, you know, a a movie. I think there is actually a movie. Is it a a movie called Contagion, I think? Anyway, um, who knew? Food for thought? Not really. Probably sick of thinking about it. Let's move on. Uh, today's also my granddad's birthday. So let's celebrate that. Happy birthday, granddad. I love you. You are ace. Um, I Actually, he comes up in my chat with our guest, which is very strange and such a tangent. But if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that that's how I roll. Uh, anyway, so I, in this episode, have caught up with Emma Jackson, someone who I've not caught up in a very long time. And it was great to see her and hear her uh, and see what she has been up to. So I'm going to love you and leave you. I guess you'll be hearing again from me in just a few seconds. But the good news is it won't just be me. It will be me and Jacko. Peace out. Everybody, this is, uh, and I have confirmed this, Emma Jacko Jackson. Uh, and I had to confirm because you actually have like your pro- official 
name isn't Emma Jackson anymore, is it? Well, I mean, the only thing I've actually changed the box is my passport. Everything else is still Jackson. So I definitely still go by Emma Jackson, but I actually have no idea what my name really is at the moment. (laughs) At at what stage did you change on social media from Emma Jackson to Emma Box? I think I did change that pretty early on, to be honest. I know my Facebook and I think my Instagram might have Emma Box written, but Jackson in our in um brackets. brackets but yeah I'm still EJ Jacko on my Instagram handle and everything like that that's yeah. way too complex to change um yeah. but yeah I'm definitely still going by Emma Jackson for everything triathlon related you you will always be Jacko to me yes yeah I know yeah. definitely it's like I know you've said before Emma Snow is still she's still snowy even though she's Emma <laughs> Fredino now it's definitely yeah you get stuck you know stuck in your head someone's name and it's hard when they change names it makes things very confusing that's why I didn't do it because yeah. I wanted to help everyone else. So <laughs> yes, I yes. always be Steph Hansen. Yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> and um, for the record, Jan Fredino, from a wits up point of view, is known as Mr. Snowsill. Oh, so. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, this is going to be a bit of a strange one to start with, but I wanted to read a text message to you because I, I was thinking about this a lot today. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we'll go down this track in a second, but. Like we used to talk a whole lot more because yes. back in the day, you actually used to be a Wits Up ambassador and yep. nothing happened. It's just that we never really promoted any of our ambassadors anymore. It just kind of just stopped. Fizzled happening. out. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have done your job and I got rid of you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but the last time we actually spoke via text message was 11th of March 2017. So, oh, almost, that was after Malulba, was yes. it? Yes, post Malulba World Cup, maybe or pre Malulba World Cup. Uh, well, I think it might have been pre actually. It's yeah. always around mid March. Yeah, and I think it may have. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, no, because I've sent you photos. Congrats okay. today. Here's a couple of pics. Mate, did you win in 2017? Yeah, yeah, I did. House, yeah. yeah, the Malulba World Cup in 2017. So that would probably be yeah our last conversation. That's it. But then the last one was, um, oh, because I've written, I hope you like my article heading. So I'd probably use some kind of pun. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. I can't believe you don't remember every article. No, I'm sorry. I have so many articles written about me. I just don't remember them all. (laughs) But then um, you said, ha-ha, I think my game face only comes out when I'm racing. Apart from that, I'm either smiling or looking bored. I need to work on the resting bitch face. Oh, yes, that's probably likely. I'm not too good at looking. I'm too serious before a race or anything. And then, yeah, normally the in, in race photos, I've got a terrible expression on my face, especially especially when I'm running. So, yeah, it would have been hard. Sometimes I think it's hard to get a good picture of me. So you did well. You did well. So, well, so my question to you is, in three years since that comment, have you been working on your resting bitch face? No. No. <laughs> to, to come to think of it, I don't really think I think about it too much when I'm on the start line. And, the, well, I mean, there hasn't really been too many racing opportunities to practice in the last year or so. So, yeah, I'll have to put some practice in next week, I think. But I don't I don't like my chances. I have, a, I think, a tendency to smile sometimes and all look, yeah, quite not interested in things. I love that you look bored. Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Whatever. What am I doing here? No. How, how did you go with your wedding photos? Yeah, they were all very good. I'm very happy with it. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, well, can't can't complain about them. I mean, they do cost a lot, so you definitely <laughs> pay a premium for some good photos. But I mean, yeah, we definitely can't complain on how it all turned out, and I can't believe that's now yeah two and a half years ago nearly. 
is Crazy. going yet quite fast. Crazy. Well, that you know, two and a half years is how old Frankie is as well. I'm a mother yeah, since the last I know. time we text. That's yep. mental. I know. Mental. Lots happened since then. I mean, not too much with me, but to you, yes. <laughs> going through pregnancy and everything like that's a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, I'm and, kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have many leather-bound books. <laughs> have you ever watched Anchorman? That's a Anchorman quote, yeah. No, I if think- you do, I don't think I'm a quote person, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Over my head. Anyone who's listening, though, knows that that's an Anchorman reference. Okay. Uh, do, you've heard of the movie, though, right? Anchorman? Yeah. Yes, I've heard of that <laughs> movie. I can't remember if I've seen it. Um, yeah. You would know. I are you, think I, are I you think a comedy fan? It. Not no? really. What kind of, you rom-com? I don't know. I just, com- I think I just watch a bit of everything, but I'm very mainstream, nothing like too, too yeah, out of ordinary, uh, but I can't even tell you if I've seen Anchorman before. I may, I've probably seen parts of it, but I probably haven't watched the whole thing. Okay. What was yeah. the last movie you watched then? Oh, I don't know. Last movie, I went, last cinema movie I watched was The Dry, an Australian movie. Oh, oh, is that with Eric Banner? Yeah, yeah, that was actually ah. really good. So that was definitely the last one I've watched in a cinema. I don't, I don't think I've actually watched a movie since then, but that was probably maybe around Christmas time. So yeah, okay. oh well, yeah. you guys were allowed in cinemas. Oh in yeah, Canada. sorry, Melbourne people. <laughs> but yeah, we were allowed to go to the movies here in Queensland. So <laughs> I was yeah quite fortunate. But um, that was actually a really really enjoyable movie, and I I yeah was quite surprised actually how much I enjoyed it. Are you a crier in movies? No. No, well, I guess the really sad ones, yes. But I try not, especially if you're at the movies, I try not to. Yeah, right. But I have cried in a plane maybe before. So, yeah. Really? I I probably am a crier when it comes to sad movies. Ooh. Emotional. Is it, for me, it's if something happens to an animal, that's what sets me off. Well, yeah, I do like dogs as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely, and it's not like a big, like, you know, full on tears. You try and like wipe it away quickly, but the eyes definitely water. So yeah, try and hide it though. Subtly, subtly crying. You know, I can't believe I'm about to admit this, but anyway, on the plane, I think my biggest fear on the plane is uh, not crying in public. It's drooling in public. You know, when you're, oh, when so you're asleep. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm a massive I'm probably drooler. a bad drool. Yeah. 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 I think Drew could probably attest to that. So, yeah, I don't know what, I don't want to know what I look like when I sleep on a plane. It's yep. not pretty. <laughs> and I, I always like, I always like the aisle seat too. So then everyone can see you when they walk past. I have to go aisle seat because I need to get up. I can't sit still. I don't like being stuck in the window. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely an aisle seat person. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. And when we, um, what well, was special with Frankie now, I, well, I've only now no, tried couldn't. Imagine training, traveling with a kid. She's off it. She's actually been pretty fantastic. She's gone all over the globe. Yeah. But, uh, just a couple of weeks ago was the first time we flew in a, in a year. Mm. Um, and I booked her the window seat and me the aisle seat because no one, no one's going to. You didn't think anyone was traveling? The well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the middle seat. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a, it's a, it's a key. Like when you're, when you're traveling in two, uh, whether it be a child or a partner or whatever, mm. you book the aisle and the. Oh, that's risky. No, but 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 then if if it's a full plane and someone sits in the middle, that was, yeah, someone will take yeah for sure because no. everyone doesn't want to be stuck in the middle, exactly. do they? Yeah. Imagine if someone's like, that's no, no, a no. fair point. Yeah, I know. Going to separate yeah. you and your child from each other. 
I'm going to sit right here in the middle. Yes, middle's always the best seat in the car, on the plane. (laughs) That's the only two things I can think of. You don't really have a middle seat in a bus, really. No, 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 train, no. No. Pretty much just the plane. Yeah. And if you're stuck, yeah, the car. Unless it's the back seat, the back seat of the bus. Not the bus, yeah. Yeah. All the cool people always sit up the back, so... Well, that's what I was going to ask. We we uh, were you a backseat bogan? That's what we called ourselves. Backseat bogan. Oh, yeah. I think we're at the backseat of the cool people in Queensland. Yeah, but in Tassie, if you're a bogan, you're cool. Oh, <laughs> interesting people down there. It's true. Yeah, fact. yeah. Um, <laughs> this has been a great start to the podcast. <laughs> I now, I'm I'm going to say something, and I, I don't want it to come across wrong. Um. I don't think it will, but I, 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 no, no, no. I want to apologize. I feel like with you, there's, you know, you, you've had some super successful times in your career under yep. 23, under 20, hang on, under 23 yep, yep. world champ, mm-hmm. junior second silver, yeah. silver medalist. Yeah. Um, so you went up, you went junior. So yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, some highlights in your career, but then there was a bit of injury and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I am one of those media people who has been guilty of not forgetting you, but when you're not performing, you kind of left in the shadows a little bit and just looking at my phone and the fact that <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't spoken to you in such a long time and I feel really guilty about it and I'm really sorry. But it, it dawned on me the other day and I was like, I want to chat with Jacko. I, I've got no idea what you're up to. Um, so anyway, that's a kind of a roundabout oh, way of thank saying, you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But did you, have you felt like that? Um, I guess I've had more people ask me recent years if I'm even doing the sport anymore. But mm. I know it is hard because like I've been since 2017 or since 2015 really in a bit of like an injury cycle mm. I guess it's been now six years but six years later but with quite a few injuries in the last six years and yeah 2015 was the start of them all um but yeah it's like I've never actually taken I guess you could say a break from triathlon or anything like that over the years but it's just yeah you've been injury so you're off the racing scene and I guess majority of people look at race results and your performance they don't really see like or look at like Instagram and see you're still training or anything like mm. that. So, yeah, I think it's it's hard for people to follow or just know you're still doing it if you're not getting the performances or you're not like racing. Like I didn't race hardly anything in 2018 on the ITU. I, I didn't do one WTS, nothing like that because I was, yeah, pretty much injured the whole season. So, yeah, it's just things like that. I don't think, I don't know, maybe people don't notice. And, I mean, sometimes it is when people ask you, are, are you actually doing it anymore? It's like, oh, yes, I am. And yeah. it's like in the back of your head, you're like, oh, are you trying to like subtly tell me I should stop? Or, yeah. And just things like that. But I think it just comes with the sport. And I know I'm not the only one who goes through many injuries, but, and it is hard when you don't, you know, you see your fellow training partners and competitors out racing and you're still training, but, you know, not performing or not, or just not, not now to get to the start line. And yeah, it's tough, but I think that makes, I don't know, you just realize that how much you like the sport and how much you do enjoy doing it. And you do want to get back there one day. Yeah. Does it make you angry though? Does it? Oh, I wouldn't say angry. A, li- I guess a little bit pissed off. A sometimes it's like you feel, or maybe like sometimes like a little forgotten or something, but it's mm. also like you aren't getting the results. So it's like, well, you know, you're not performing at that time. So it's fair enough. But some, yeah, like it is good knowing I do have results in the past and things like that. But in, with media, with everything, it's only pretty much as good as you are at the moment. 
and like the people yeah. in the media and pe- people are talking about are the ones who are performing right now. And it's important that those people are recognised and everything like that. But I guess, yeah, it gives you some motivation to get back there one day and I guess prove some people wrong that you can still perform and do well. Yeah. It, yeah. I find it interesting and I, I hate being guilty of it, being a media outlet <laughs> because, well, no, because. I think, that, yeah, I mean, everyone's guilty of doing things like that. And I mean, even me as an athlete, you forget about other people who haven't raced in a while. and like, Oh, I wonder mm. what they're doing. They must be, you know, stopped, but they're actually not. They're just injured or got some other issue at the moment and can't race. But, but does it come and sorry, we, we will move on from it, but I'm actually just quite <laughs> interested in it, but I imagine it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle because you're injured. So that like, that's obviously going to get you down. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, there's no two. Like, yeah. There's no, no lying happy. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not happy about being injured. Yeah. And we can try and, you know, put silver linings on things, but at the end of the day, injuries just suck and, suck. It's, mm-hmm. and it's hard to deal yep. with. So you're dealing with that, then, you know, media drop you. Um, and then, you know, potentially if it's ongoing, sponsors start yeah. to, you know, um, mm-hmm. to drop you or, you know, you lose your way with sponsors. So, you know, it's not just about getting over the injury. It's about getting a lot yeah, over all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to try and get back on top. And so where you are in that cycle of things, like, how's it all going and where do you feel like you're sitting at? Um, well, I mean, I guess I had some, you know, good performances in 2019, which is, you know, one Edmonton's my first, I was like actually my sixth WTS podium, but maybe a lot of people wouldn't actually realise that um, as it's been, it was five years between my last one, like 2014 was my last uh, World Triathlon Series podium. Wow. And, you know, I had some World Cup podiums like in 2017 and things like that, but I guess they're not as major as a World Triathlon Series mm. um, podium. So, I mean, I did have some really good performances in 2019, winning Edmonton, um, being like the top Australian in the WTS. I think I think the overall series, I was a top-ranked Australian and, and in the Tokyo Test event. So I guess I left 2019 a bit more, you could say, hopeful that things were getting back on track and I was, you know, out of the kind of injury cycle, I guess you could say, Yeah. Um, and been able to actually race consistently where I just haven't had that in so many years and, it did take a few months to get going in 2019. Like I really only raced the back end of the um, 2019 series, but I still was able to do quite a few WTSs in a row and get some racing happening. Um, but then obviously COVID hit in 2020, which no one saw coming, I guess. Yep. So that kind of threw, yeah, I guess a bit of a spanner in the works, but I mean, everyone missed a lot of stuff. It definitely wasn't just just me sitting on the sidelines, not really doing anything. It's kind of, yeah, affected everyone in completely different ways. So, I mean, I was looking, obviously looking forward to racing. I We were prepared to go to our first race in Abu Dhabi in 2020. I think we are like a day before we were supposed to fly there, but the race yet got announced that it was cancelled. Mm. So that was, I was actually quite, yeah, looking forward to racing there. I had a really good training block leading into that um, with our squad. But, yeah, so I haven't actually raced at all in 2020. Um, oh, at all? No, because I actually ended up getting injured again. Oh, um, mid, I kind of when some Australian racing was actually happening. We had mm. a, maybe a few races in, I can't remember when they were, August or something. Mm. Um, but that was when I was, yeah, still a bit injured. So I didn't do any of the domestic racing that opportunities that came here. And then obviously internationally we didn't, we didn't go back to Europe. We actually, yeah, we stayed home. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was a whole year of no racing, but I also know, you know, a lot of people didn't get to compete or do anything normal. And I guess we were just fortunate 
here in Australia, like in Brisbane in particular, we could train quite normal for majority of the year. There was obviously initially I had to do quarantine and everything like that and the swimming pools were closed, but there was ways I could get some training in. And I think in a way we were quite lucky here in that, mm-hmm. in that side of thing. But, yeah, back to the whole, but your first initial question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I'm coming out the other side and I can, you know, start performing well again in, in this year. But, yeah, well, I guess we'll see. And it's just important for me to either stay injury-free and be able to get some consistent training in to be able to perform in the races. Yeah. So what, what's the goal what, in terms of racing? What, what's up next? What's the goal for 2021? I, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess the goal for 2021 for most people is probably, well, a first Olympic selection is to really get selected for the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, that will be the main, yeah, I guess, goal for the year. But, I mean, selection is discretion at the moment. There's no very, like, racing just a bit all over the place. So mm. if I do some events, it's just, yeah, I just got to have some good performances and hope that's good enough for selection. Um, and then it's really about like we want to go overseas and race. So we would like to follow the, the World Triathlon Series this year. So whatever that may look like, we're still a bit unsure. Um, it's just going so, around Queensland. Yeah. Going, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we want to travel. And at the moment, the first race is in May in Yokohama in Japan. So that's, yeah. But, I mean, at the moment, everything's still, I think, a bit up in the air. Yeah. Um, so, but I guess the short-term goal is I'm racing next week at um gold coast at the mixed relay i guess mixed relay event yeah um next thursday at runaway bay and my partner with jake burt whistle so i have a pretty good partner in a average, <laughs> in a average at best <laughs> so, uh, yeah i have to have to bring the team up won't i <laughs> yeah. um so that's i guess the, the first race of the year or for, i guess 18 months really yeah is um the mixed team relay event which is next thursday and then about 10 days after that is like a super sprint weekend at runaway bay that triathlon australia are putting on so they're the right. first two yeah events i guess of the year that i'll be doing um and yeah after that it's a bit it's a bit unknown just as to what's going ahead yeah. And when, when you say discretion, and I don't know how much you're actually allowed to say, but um, obviously there's selectors on, on at Triathlon Australia, mm-hmm. um, it, but they're sort of pushing you towards certain races to say, we want you at this race to see, you know, what you can do and who we can pit you against, you know? So that not, we get a bit of- no, not really. Like, I mean, I don't contact them directly or anything like that. I kind of lead it up to Joel and Drew to work, I guess, that side of things around. But right. I don't know, like, if there is, so there is no, like, our automatic selection race was Tokyo test event. Everything yeah. everything else was always going to be discretion anyway. It wasn't like there was supposed to be another event uh, yeah. that yeah. was meant to be included. It was just Tokyo was where someone can get an automatic and everything else is just discretion. Right. So yeah. it's not like the policy is, I guess, changed in that side of things. It's just, I guess, no one foresaw, like, no international racing being easily accessible like it's yep. a lot obviously quite hard for Australians to travel um but yeah as I said I would like to travel and race on the international circuit as I think that will be I think it's the best I don't know the best way you can try and improve and see how you are going against the rest of the world but yeah yeah I, I don't think there is one event that they want you at but yeah, it's just if you race, obviously it's important to perform and the be- yeah. obviously the better you can do, I'm sure will only enhance your chances of getting selected. So You would, you would <laughs> you hope. Think, yeah. You would think so, <laughs> yeah. 
But but speaking of selections, what, how would you say your relationships, your relationship is with Olympic selections? Um, well, I mean, to be fair, in 2012, I was I got selected, so I can't complain about things there. And yep. it was a bit of a process for me having like the appeal um, for the team because someone missed out on selection. But I mean, I had to do some stuff for it, but I had to like hire a lawyer and things like that. But oh wow! In the end, I came out of it. Yeah, fine. Like I was selecting the team; it didn't matter. And yeah. to be like in 2016, I just didn't have the results to back me up for selection. For yeah. the Olympic team after being injured for all of the start of 2015. So I guess, you know, there's always hope that you get selected with with some things like in 2016. But I think deep down you kind of I kind of knew like I just didn't have the the results in 2015 to back me up. Yeah, 2014 I had some really good results. Mm. But I just didn't have the results in 2015 or the start of 2016 to really think, you know, I really deserve that that spot on the team. Um yeah. so I mean, I can't, yeah, I can say I've been quite fortunate, I guess, with how things have gone in the past, but I do think I had some, yeah, I did have some good results in 2011 and 2012 to, yeah, to to get selected on the 2012 Olympic team. So, yeah. 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 What was, what do you think was harder? Not, not making it and, and I guess in your words, like clearly not making it in 2016 based on results. Mm -hmm. What was harder, accepting that or accepting the fact that you had to go through a bit of a an issue in terms of being questioned and have to hire a lawyer during that yeah. process in 2012? I mean, I think the whole thing in 2012 wasn't, like, yes, against me personally. It was just against the – I don't know. It was just, like, against the selection in general. It was nothing mm. – I guess too personal or anything. Yeah. Um, it's just if anyone wants to appeal, they just appeal. Like it's not unheard of. I think it's happened actually pretty much every selection. It's not. Oh, I think it probably happens yeah. more than what we would ever know. So, to be honest. And yeah. yeah, it didn't end up going anywhere anyway. But so mm. I do think the 2016 of just yeah not having the results even, you know, to get selected was probably the hardest thing to deal with because of course as an athlete you want to do and perform the best you can. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then when you don't, like, of course it's upsetting and, you know, you, you know, you feel like you're letting everyone else down, but also you're quite frustrated and angry at yourself. So yeah. of course, I don't know. I think everyone knows the personal person, the person's like the hardest critic on themselves and they're the ones that are going to be most disappointed. Yeah. Um, so I think that was probably the harder thing to deal with and just trying to get back to some, yeah, good racing. Yeah. I like that. The, um, the 2012, um, whatever we call it, saga. Let's call it a saga. Yeah. Um, and not taking it personally. Um, yeah. I like that approach. That's probably the best way to actually, yeah, approach that situation yeah. for sure. I think maybe as well as a bit young and naive about it too. So maybe didn't realise at the time too much about it. But I think I was aware it could have been a possibility and it's just something mm. that happens with selection and something that will probably continue to happen in years to come. Yeah. But being young or younger back in 2012 yeah yeah younger back then <laughs> not now <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to that um but you may not have had like the maturity to recognize that it wasn't mm. a personal attack like I know a lot of people probably could take that yeah quite personally um yeah I definitely you know? think that yeah. yeah for sure now how old are you 29 oh shut up big 30 this year I'm the big 40 this year. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. you're a little, little older. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, we're talking about 2012, um, 2009 junior 
runner-up. Yep. 2010 world champion under 23. Yep. Like it's a decade. Like it feels like a lifetime ago, right? We say, um, I know. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, you, but you're still Jacko. You like, yeah. <laughs> but you're actually a 30 year old woman. I know. <laughs> Almost 30 year old. Sorry. Almost 30. Yeah. No, not, not, not yet. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> How do you think you've evolved over those, over those 10 years? Like, remember that time when you were running down the finishing shoot 2009 you're the runner-up under 19 or junior yeah. champion sorry runner-up at the junior world championships mm-hmm. how does that emma jackson compare to emma box jackson today i don't know i think i thought a lot less back then so yeah. oh yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. sucks I know. I think the older <laughs> older I get, the more I think and yeah, think and worry about things. But I mean, I guess it's kind of crazy to think that 2009 is actually only 12 years ago when you think of it like that. Yeah, as we're in yeah 2021. So if you think of it like that, it's a long time ago. Um, but I don't know. I still it doesn't feel like I guess I've been doing triathlon for that long. When you say it's been well, it's been over 12 years, but mm. um, a lot long. Uh, yeah, a few years longer than that. But yeah, I don't know. I just still feel like I'm, I don't know, the same person, but I'm also obviously a lot different. The sport's changed a lot since then. Ooh, how? Um, what do you mean? Well, I even like the way racing hap- is happening. It's, you know, very important at the moment with the way Flora, Katie, Jess, Georgia, you know, their strengths are, well, they're probably like the best across swim, bike and run. I guess mm. that's the major difference that you can't, have a weakness at the moment if you want to be a top contender in the racing. Yeah. So I think that's the the way the sport's changed and evolved over the years. It's not just a running race. It's definitely very important to have a good swim. And if you don't have a good swim, this, you're not probably coming back into the race. Mm. Like you're not going to be fighting for podium positions in the big events anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think the sport's changed and you've, I guess I've, well, everyone's kind of had to try and change with it. Yeah. Um. You, yeah. You can't be the same athlete you were ten, five years ago. You have to kind of, if you want to keep performing and trying to trying to be the best, you have to keep changing with the sport and doing what you can to keep on improving and pretty much, yeah, keep on getting better and yeah, trying to yeah have the best race that you can. Yeah. So as an athlete, what have you worked on? Do you think what have you improved on the most, or what do you still need to improve on? Oh, so long. <laughs> I guess I guess as an athlete, you always, I mean, you always want to keep on improving. I'm sure even if you were, you know, the best athlete, you still want to keep on improving because you know people are always got, you know, coming for you and they always want to get better than you. So I don't think there's exactly one specific thing that I've, you know, tried to work on over the last five or whatever years. It's just you always want to try and get a better swimmer, faster swimmer. The bike now is just so important to try and, be strong and be able to keep up and the run I guess now is about running off a heart like a really hard bike it's mm. not yeah it's not just an easy ride um yeah you can't save your legs and then win on the run can you the the girls like yeah the girls I mentioned before are just so good at everything like they don't have a weakness and they are yeah like I said the best at swim bike and run yeah. so it's just yeah they're just taking the sport to a whole new level Yep. And I think yeah, everyone's just got to try and be better and try and <laughs> try and be as good as them as something. Um, this is yes. mo- motivational talks by Jacko. You just just got to be better. 
Well, pretty much, yeah. It's just <laughs> just got to be a better swimmer, better biker, and better runner, and then yeah, you might you might have a good chance. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. How, how old were you when you got into triathlon? Um, I think around like thirteen, fourteen when I started like training. Yeah. So yeah, you've been, been in the while. sport for more than half your life. Yes. Yes. Just definitely. So yeah. <laughs> so what what does what does young did, also. Has Jacko always been your nickname since school or is it more of a triathlon thing? More definitely a triathlon thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely triathlon. Did you started? Did you have a nickname in at school? No. no. Not no. that I can remember. No. I was, <laughs> I mean, triathlon was probably, yeah, I was already doing triathlon when I was in high school. So that was yeah, okay. triathlon training, then school, and then back to triathlon training. So, okay, so you, you're in... You, as a teenager you're mm-hmm. getting into triathlon are your mates in triathlon or are they off like doing social things I kind of re- I was about to say going out partying but I, I hope yeah, they're I not think- out partying at 13 <laughs> or 14 but you know going to the movies or you know hanging out at the mall is that I don't know yeah I think I mean I was probably much better friends with people I trained with right um I don't know yeah I think my whole I don't know but when I start, I knew a few people in triathlon before I even started triathlon, like through running. Yeah. Um, a lot of people or a lot of people my age came up through cross-country and athletics. So I knew, like I knew Ash before, Ash Gentle before triathlon because we used to run against each other as we're the same age. So yeah. I knew of people in tri- uh, like, yeah, in triathlon before I started. But so I guess it kind of, I guess I was better friends with people who I trained with versus I had versus like people I went to school with. Um, I know that was just me personally. I know other people are different, but yeah. you spend so much time with the people you train with. Like even as a junior, we would do morning and afternoon training majority of days. Yeah. And we were all similar ages. So I guess that also makes a difference. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess I had more in common or I just really, I don't know, enjoyed the time and I spent with the people I trained with. So I was definitely more, yeah, with them. And that was my social life was training with them and doing stuff with them. Yeah. Um, versus doing what yeah people at school did. So that yeah. was my yeah school time. Definitely not like everyone's, but that was mine. <laughs> yeah. What what was it about triathlon that clicked for you? Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed running when I was younger, and I'd done like you know like a normal probably Australian kid did swimming when I was growing up and did squad mm-hmm. until I was I don't know when I stopped squad like eleven or twelve. Yeah. Um, because I found that I was a bit better at running than I was ever going to be at swimming. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I focused a bit more on running and then I don't know why I just kind of thought, well, what's this triathlon? I actually had no idea what it was. Like at the 2000 Olympics, I had absolutely no idea what triathlon was. I didn't watch it. I watched swimming. That was my sport when I was nine. And yeah, right. that was what I was interested in. Um, so so I, who was your swimming idol? Probably Susie O'Neill watching yeah. her. Um, but yeah, I guess deep down I probably knew I was never going to be a professional <laughs> swimmer. But, you know, I still did it and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I guess it was a bit like, well, what's triathlon, you know, swimming, cycling, running, I'll tr- start. And, uh, my previous coach, Steve saw me at a cross country event and just, yeah, said, come along to training. Like that was kind of the local squad yeah. around my area. And that's, I guess how it kind of, yeah, all started from there was, yeah, just got into it like that and stayed, I guess I never left. <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's a lot 
of what how triathletes sort of get into the sport that they're pinched from other sports. Yeah. Like, like they're just plucked from different sports. Well, yeah. Mostly swimming. Yeah, yeah, so, not yeah. so much cycling. No, not so much cycling. Probably more yeah. swimming and running, I guess, yeah, backgrounds like, more than anything. Yeah. Like I can see that I can see a coach on the edge of the pool just like just tap, tap, tap on the head and yeah, hey, try, 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 try. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. that's how it happens. Yeah, I guess it's a good, yeah, a good way to see future athletes and um I guess have another sport in case the one they're doing there, I guess, doesn't work out. I mean, I was obviously, you know, I did running as well when I was young, but in the whole scheme of things, I probably wasn't ever going to be the best in the world at running. But Why? I yeah, I don't know. I just, well, I, I won some stuff when I was younger, but I wasn't winning later. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? I guess it's, it's a bit like who knows, but I yeah. kind of wasn't super competitive by the time I just stopped running and moved the triathlon. Yeah. Um, and obviously when you're younger, things are, you know, things are easier when you're winning. You're just, I think when you're younger, <laughs> that's like a big motivator. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe you see this, I guess you see the smaller picture maybe a bit more when you're young yeah and and you see yeah you enjoy it when you're doing well and I guess the the tougher times are harder to get through when you're a 13 or 14 year old yeah you don't really think about you know the longevity of things and oh I'll be fine I'll get better or anything like that yeah so but I guess triathlon I definitely didn't start and I definitely wasn't winning so (laughs) I guess I stuck to that a bit I stuck to that and and tried to improve I guess in that area I I find it yeah, I just find it interesting with Frankie and and obviously every every parent is super proud of their kid. Well, you'd like to hope that yeah. parents are proud of their kids or whatever. But, and she's two and a half and I watch her run and I'm like, I'm not a talent scout, but I watch her <laughs> run and I'm like, God, her heel lift is incredible. She, she's two and a half. And, but, but, and then I think, I wonder how it all sort of happens. And and then I was watching a thing about Tiger Woods the other day and, you know, he was two and he's like balancing yeah. a golf ball on his club. And I'm like, I just, I wonder, you know, how do, how do kids end up going in a certain direction? Another mate of mine, her kids, um, this amazing ballet star, and mm. they don't come from a dancing background, but it's something. But her, and her kids, resonate. yeah, randomly good at dancing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's yeah, I just find it really interesting, and and a lot of people say to me, "Oh, is Frankie?" Because I like to think I'm pretty coordinated. I come from team sports, and and so forth, and they're like, "Oh, is she, is she sporty and coordinated like you?" And I, I'm like, "Well, I think so, but I actually don't have anything to compare her against." Yeah, I, I, I don't and know. I watch the watch the two and a half year old be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah she's not a Tiger Woods, but she's <laughs> got a great heel lift. I don't know. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. I think it's also important though to realise that like compete, I guess performing at a junior level also isn't everything. Mm -hmm. I think triathlon's a good testament to that, that especially in the female side of things, that a lot of the athletes who performed or won junior world championships quit the sport like soon Mm -hmm. after. So I think it's also in a way important to for my parents and also kids or athletes to realise that, you know, if you're not the best as a junior, it actually doesn't mean that, you, you know, you might not be the best as an elite. Mm. And you look at it even quite a few people, like even Katie, she started the sport a lot later, I guess you can yeah. say, than people like I, like a lot of Australians start a lot younger. Um, 
And but then you look at Katie's performances these days, you're like, well, she's world champion. Mm. But she wasn't world champion when she was 16. Yeah, that's a really good point. She wasn't even doing triathlon, I don't think, when she was 16. Really good point. So it is, yeah. I mean, of course, it's obviously good if you're having performances when you're young and you keep going, great. But it's also, I guess, not the be-all, end-all of future, Mm. yeah, future performances or results. Yeah. Gosh, so many what-ifs. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like women, and maybe it's just because obviously I work in the, well, women in triathlon, women in yeah. sport, but I feel like a lot of women, uh, not so not so much the short course, um, but long course racing, get into the sport a little bit later mm-hmm. and aren't necessarily, like you just said, you know, winning whatever it is at, as juniors or, or yeah. younger athletes, but get into the sport a bit later and are just killing it. Like, yeah, it's such, I feel like there's more of a mix of those athletes in the women's field than what mm-hmm. there is in the men's field. Yeah. Yeah. There probably is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Fact. not, yeah. Fact. I'm not it's exactly fact. sure why, but I guess, yeah, a lot of females do, or younger girls do kind of stop the sport in their high school mm. years and soon after. And I guess there's, I'm sure there's plenty of studies out there on why, and I'm yeah. no expert on any of that, <laughs> but it is interesting. Like why do the females, yes, I guess stop mm. earlier or a lot of males keep going yeah. um, and just things like that. It is interesting. Yeah. Please excuse this very brief interruption. I'm just here to say, if you are not already a Wits Up Patreon member, please consider signing up. It really helps us out and supports Wits Up to continue to bring you powerful narratives of women in sport. Just click the link in the description below uh, or just simply go to patreon.com slash Wits Up. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wits Up. And I assume you know how to spell Wits Up. Uh, Okay, back to the podcast. What kind of student were you? Oh, probably a goody two shoes. You, so you, <laughs> you definitely come across as a, you're a good human and I don't mean this in any kind of, <laughs> but you, you, like you, you just, goody two shoes. I can't think of another yeah. word. Like yeah, that doesn't surprise me that you're a goody two shoes. No, I didn't like getting in trouble. So I tried to do the right thing, but yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. I wasn't anything extraordinary or anything like that, but what I did, did what you I was enjoy told. At school? What did you enjoy? Um, my favorite subject. Ooh. I don't know if I want to say that. Was accounting. Yes. Get out of town. Because <laughs> I found it, I, I quite enjoyed it. Interesting. Um, which is why I ended up doing an accounting degree. But um, yeah, I guess that was the subject. That was probably one of my favorite subjects, maybe because I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't too hard. Yeah. And I think I just yeah, just clicked one of those things where you just understood it. Yeah. And where English, well didn't like. Yeah, I, I didn't like oh. yeah, I was not a fan of English. It, that was at the all. only compulsory subject there was, and of course I hated it the most. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely did not like enjoy that that subject. But yeah, counting and maths, I guess, were my were my two favorite ones at school. So I could really hear your um, Queensland accent coming through oh, there. School, no. my bogan, cool, pool, pool. Let's go to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, see, I really enjoyed maths, but I didn't like accounting. And yeah. my theory now that I'm all grown up uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is that once a dollar sign is in front of a number, I don't like it. 
Oh. And yeah, that's my theory. It's what that's I'm learning about myself. interesting theory. I think I just blanked out the dollar sign, just saw the numbers. Maybe yep. that's what you needed to do. I just, yeah, needed to put a line down yep. through the, yep, and just look at them as numbers without any value. Yeah, without, no. Mm. They're just a number on a yep. screen. <laughs> or was it a piece of paper? Oh, calm down. <laughs> what is it? Slate? Was it slate or blackboards or something rather? I, I don't know what the kids these days are using, but well, at least well, we did have computers. But, yeah, not iPads or anything like that. Do you? I remember when email and the internet came in. I was at school, high school, college, so like year 11, 12, something like that. Yeah. And this thing called the internet and email, I had no idea what it was about. And I was actually, I was a late ad- a late adopter, is that what you say? Is early adopters? Oh yeah, you, you know, started using the computer later. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not just the computer. I knew how to use a computer, um, but I could play pong on the computer. On the computer. <laughs> um, that was it. What about mine? Is it Minesweeper? Minesweeper? Yes. There was two. Yes, Solitaire and, and Minesweeper. Solitaire. I used to like free cell though. I think it's what it's called. Oh, I don't I think know that. that's what it's called. I don't know. Maybe have that wrong. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't remember. Didn't like solitaire too much. See, I, I, I do. I do like. I love problem solving games. I much yeah. prefer a problem solving game than like a, a car racing or game. Or yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah things I like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I remember. Yes, this thing called email and the internet, and I, <laughs> I was, I was just like, I don't, I don't have time for that because I was playing too much sport. I, just, yeah. People, yeah. Who needs this in their life? What's this I mean, ever going to get rubbish. me? Absolutely. This won't rubbish. last for long. No. Now look all. at you. I won't build a business on that very thing. On that platform, no. Nothing. No. Even though, and English as well. I hated English at school. Yeah. And my. Now you're right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't know if I've got a great handle on the English language, but I'll, I'll certainly have a crack. Have a, have a crack. Have a go. Give it a whirl. <laughs> Give it a whirl. Yeah, my English teacher, I think, would be very shocked to know that. <laughs> yeah, the path you took. Yeah. Not the talking part. No one, no oh, one no. is surprised about that. <laughs> In the slightest, no one is surprised. <laughs> um, so just, just speaking of interviews, speaking, all that kind of stuff, I, I mean, because I've watched your career, well, at least over the last decade, and you, I mean, you certainly aren't a super gregarious, outgoing, want to be in the limelight kind of person. No. No, this doesn't come to a shock <laughs> as a shock. Oh, really? I never <laughs> thought that about myself. I've got a, three, a few truth bombs for you, Jack. Yeah, I know. Never. Yeah. <laughs> but did you find over time, I guess especially going to the Olympics, that you, you got a little bit better with media? Or do you, do you still struggle with it a little bit? Um, I, th- I think it just comes with, I guess, the territory of being, I guess, a professional athlete is that sometimes you do have to give interviews, sometimes you do get questions. Um, I mean, I can't say I'm, yeah, the most natural person at it or anything like that. And, of course, public speaking still, yeah, makes me nervous. Um, but I think it's just something you had to adapt to. And, you know, we had a bit of training through, like, the Queensland Academy of Sport, more juniors and, I guess even under 23s, we did a bit of, I guess you can say, media training. So I guess that kind of thing helped, you know, get a bit more comfortable with it. But I think it's just you just know it's what is involved and if, you know, you are asked to do something or 
do an interview or something like that it just you know even if you don't love it or you know really enjoy doing it it's something you kind of have to do when it's part of your job yeah so I'm never gonna obviously be the most comfortable doing it I'm not gonna ever I don't think love it like some people do some people just don't but yeah it just comes with it loves it who do you think loves it people like you who like talking (laughs) (laughs) someone like you who enjoys talking doesn't mind where see you're good at like this kind of job but I don't know I don't think I could be a, a podcast questionnaire person thank you um, my job's very hard yes yes <laughs> but I don't know who who do you think who do I think loves it out of the triathletes mm. out there um oh that's a great question I don't I know ask. I don't like, I mean I guess you know if you have to do what you have to do it it's just yeah like I said it comes with the job and it's just something I'm sure people are better at it than other people but yeah, that's every with everything. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to think of someone who actually who do I think loves it. I don't know. I'm going to think about. It. I'm going to come up with a name. Okay, by the end of it. you come up with a name. But my point in actually asking that question is, yes, you you're always shy, but it, nothing was ever a problem. Whenever I've dealt with you, yeah, whenever I've <laughs> had dealings with you. Um, it, yeah, you'd always be up for it and you would do it, but I definitely always noticed that it, it certainly wasn't your comfort zone. No, no. <laughs> I'm definitely not the most outgoing person, if you didn't already know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, you, you're super friendly down to earth though. Like, yeah. It doesn't come – because some people who don't don't like it can come across a little bit abrupt and abrasive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That doesn't come across. No, I think when I when I do it, I do it. And, yeah, yeah and I know I can do it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just not my first thing, I guess, you know, you ever want to sign up for. <laughs> Don't pick me. <laughs> no, but it, is, it does come with the sport and, of course, it's, you know, important for promoting yourself and promoting the sport and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I can't say in future life I will be doing I'm sure I won't be in demand for too much stuff. You're not going to become a triathlon commentator? No. <laughs> I mean, commentator's all right because I guess you're talking about something that, I don't know, you're talking about the sport and things like that. It's all right yeah. when you have, yeah, you know what you're talking about. But, yeah. yeah, I don't think I'll be, I don't know, doing too much in the limelight, I guess you can say. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> um, so... And I said this to you earlier, part of this podcast is, you know, just delving into who, who the person is behind mm-hmm. behind the athlete. But as you said, you, you're 30, nearly 30. Yes. <laughs> you got into the sport when you're around 13-ish. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of life prior to getting into triathlon. So try to find stuff to talk about, you know, prior to getting into triathlon. This mm-hmm. is The reason I'm going down this track is I'm going to challenge you. Oh. Like, no. It, what what's one of your earliest memories? And I ask you this because someone asked oh. me this the other day, and I was, yeah, I really struggled to try and think of it. And um, I'll keep talking so that you can have a bit of a thing. But one of my earliest memories is, and it's maybe because I just recently saw my grandparents. Mm-hmm. But was my granddad was on a tractor, and I've got no idea how old we were. <laughs> <laughs> What? It was so funny about a tractor. I don't know. I'm like, I was thought something about him have an accident on the tractor oh, or something. No no no. no, no, no. It's a happy story, not a sad story. Good, we don't want to be crying. Story. We don't want the tears coming out. I have cried on this podcast. I oh, think three times. From laughter or from sadness? 
Oh, I cry from laughter most episodes. <laughs> three, I think it's, I'm up to about three crying, like sad tears. Oh. And yeah, I was about to start telling what they were, but why would I want to bring no, them up? No, we don't want tears. We don't want tears. <laughs> uh, no, one of my earliest memories is, and it's probably, like I said, just because I've recently just seen my grandparents, mm-hmm. that my granddad's driving a tractor down they had this big long driveway gravel driveway yes yeah. they they lived at this um uh it was like a function center a lot of people got married there um okay they, yeah they lived there and the managers of it or something or something like that caretakers yeah. yeah yeah and they had these big green bushes down either side like I think about it now as a photographer and think oh that would be that would stunning. be amazing yeah, yeah. Look really great with the light mm-hmm. um and I just remember chasing him down uh, this driveway, telling him how much I loved him and how Aww. I wanted him to be my boyfriend. Oh. Say what you will about <laughs> Tasmania. The incest is very real. I know. <laughs> oh, you said it, not me. <laughs> exactly. But that memory just is really uh, ripe in my brain at the moment. And it's probably just because it's been triggered from seeing them, like I yeah. said. Yeah. Um, now during all, cause this is not about me, but during all of that <sighs> babble, have you come up with one of your earliest? Well, oh, now okay. that you mentioned granddad, yeah, I guess, I don't know why I think of it either. I think it's because you mentioned granddad yeah. was I used to go to, I think I used to go to the city when school holidays with my grandparents yeah, and then my grand loved shopping. So she went off shopping and <laughs> me and my pop used to go up and down the elevator with like glass windows and we used to go up and down and look out the glass. Oh, that's so cute. I don't know why I remember. Yeah, just a random thing. But I, yeah, I think I would have been in primary school even before that. No idea. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you still close to your grandparents? They're still. Yeah, with my grand, my, my, yeah, my pop did die over 10 years ago now. Oh, but yeah, sorry. with my grand, I am. She's still, she's still around. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very, very proud of her granddaughter. Yes, I think so. <laughs> she did come. She did actually come to London to watch me. I think she's been overseas maybe like twice in her life and that was the second time. Oh, wow. That's massive. So, yeah, she did, that was, yeah, she wouldn't be coming now. I think she's a bit, obviously a bit older now. Yep. But, yeah, she did come with my mum back then and come to London and see some sights and get to see me race. Oh, that's awesome. Are you close with your parents? Um, yeah, with my mum I am. Yeah. Um, growing up, yeah, with my just my mum and my brother since I was about five. Yep. So mum was a single parent. So I am, yep. yeah, definitely close with my mum. Yeah. She's, yeah, I guess did everything for me growing up. Single mums are incredible. Yes. Well, single I know. parents, I should say. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Single parents, yes. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Hats off to single parents. I know. Incredible. Have, you've got how many brothers and sisters? Just one brother. One brother and? Yeah. Hang on, have I met him? Oh, he doesn't really come to any events, so most likely not. Who am I thinking of? I've met someone's brother. I, I definitely don't think you would have met it my brother. It wouldn't have been him? Okay. Oh, that's going to that's I don't even think me. he made the trip down to Gold Coast Wells in 2009 for oh. my second. <laughs> and we live in Brisbane. And I'm pretty certain he's like the only person in the family who didn't come down. Right, so you two are super close. Yeah, very close. No. I think now he would come down, but I don't wow. know. Back then, he because he's younger than me, so I guess he would have been what, like seventeen or no, he would have been even younger than that. Yeah, but now I think he's a bit more proud. Right, but maybe back then, yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> didn't care what his sister was doing. Yeah, I I feel that's my relationship with my well with my younger brother. Yeah, at least is it. 
yeah, close growing up and then you, you sort of go your separate ways for mm-hmm. a while and then as you grow older. Get older, get yeah, everyone comes again. closer, yeah. I yeah. think so. I think yeah. that's a lot of, yeah, a lot of families, you know, you go to the phase of hating your hating your siblings yeah. and being <laughs> yeah. like can't get away from them quick enough to being like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. What, does, uh, what was he doing when you were being a world champion? Um, going to school, yeah, doing school. his apprenticeship. Going to school, doing his apprenticeship, just a normal life. Yeah, what he kind of apprenticeship? Doing uh, plumbing. He right. didn't. He just, you know, did the usual school sports growing up, but yeah. not really too much later in high school. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he wasn't too into into sport or anything. He never like tried triathlon or anything like that. Yeah. Um. I definitely didn't. Yeah. Give didn't rub off on him or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, he's just yeah a normal person, I guess you could say, with a normal, a normal I, yeah, with a. <laughs> Just a job, living life. So where do you think the sporting gene came from? Um, I know my mum was quite good at athletics when she was younger. Like she's yeah. quite sporty. Yeah. Um, she was, yeah, quite good at, I think she was more good at like the 100 metres and long jump, the things I'm definitely not good at. So <laughs> I got some, I guess, sporting gene from her. And I think, I think my dad was all right at sport growing up as well. But mum was actually quite good. But I don't think, yeah, back then she chose school and studying yep. over pursuing like I guess back then it kind of wasn't as as much of a career trying to be an athletics person yep. so yeah, she did yeah. kind of stop a bit more towards the end of high school yeah um, but I do hear yeah she was quite good so I think I probably have her to think for some of the athletic genes well make sure when you hang up from this call you do actually thank her for Don't thank her I will <laughs> <laughs> um when you say, you know, she, she chose school over athletics and mm-hmm. I know that's, that's very simplified, you know, what, what happens, but I want to go back to you. You have studied accounting. You have your accounting degree. Well, yeah. Com- yeah. Bachelor of commerce major in accounting, but yeah, same, <gasps> same thing. That's what I say. Bachelor of commerce major in marketing is my. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I guess that's what it's really called. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I've got it. I got a certificate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that kind of answers my next question. Is that certificate going to take you anywhere at any point or is it just you've ticked that box? I I was thinking, I wonder if Steph's going to ask me what I'm going to do after triathlon (laughs) because I don't exactly have an answer for her. All right. I don't know. Let's hash it out. Let's figure it out. What what are we going to do? I think I I left school school, um, with mum kind of like telling me I should have a backup plan as all right. parents probably say. Yeah. Well, my mum definitely said. Um, so I guess that's kind of why I started. But I didn't actually start doing accounting in my when I first left school. I did start another degree. Oh. Ooh, what do you think it was? Oh, great. Okay. A I only lasted one semester. Right. Okay. And only three subjects too. I wasn't doing it four subjects. Law? Oh God, no! No, okay. Um, <laughs> you got to be oh. good at talking for that. Do you though? That's well, only no, if you're you in a court. To, I guess as if you're in a court. Yeah. I guess everything else is just reading lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Writing, no, no. It's definitely not English. Some form of it has to do have to do with numbers, right? Accounting. Well, kind of, yeah. Oh, what was it? Science? No, engineering. You're close. See, I just don't understand what engineering is. I think I had this uh, conversation. I don't think I don't think I understood either. Right. 
yep. <laughs> maybe why I lost. I think it was I, I liked accounting. Yep. But then everyone's like, oh, you don't want to be an accountant. They're boring. And I was right. like, oh, maybe I don't want to be an accountant. They're boring. <laughs> that was literally the reaction I got from everyone who said anything about accounting. And I know quite a few accountants. Yeah. And are they but, boring? Oh, not really. I quite... <laughs> I like going to visit my accountant. She's fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, I think I honestly think that's why. And I'm like, screw it. After one semester, I'm just doing accounting. It's what, much more easier, much more enjoyable. What do you remember from engineering that put you off? Oh, we had to do a group teamwork thing. Oh, oh yeah. So uh, you're, you're an individual sports So I was star. like, oh, Doesn't work this well is tough. And then majority, like it definitely was a male-dominated field. Well, the university I went to anyway was definitely a lot of male-dominated, I don't know, just had to be a lot of a lot of guys in the course versus girls. But I don't think yeah. that was the reason why. I just, yeah, didn't like it. I don't think I was, yeah, I don't even know why I started it. But anyway, yeah. I found accounting soon after. <laughs> so, but anyway, back to, yeah, I think it was more just to, to get a degree and have something um, in case triathlon never worked out or like after triathlon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what I'm going to yeah. do next. I I don't like asking that question because I feel like it comes with this underlying, and and I don't mean it that way. But I feel like it does come with a bit of an underlying of all right, is your time? Yeah, up? is your time like, up? You should move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. well, I I wouldn't have taken it like that. But I do know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Is he's getting asked? Oh, what are you doing next? When are you yeah. doing? Next? Yes, it's like, well, I don't know. I'm doing this for now. I'm going to keep doing it for now. Yeah. Until I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but yeah, so I don't know where it's going to take me after. I yeah. mean, yeah, I just don't know. Maybe some opportunities will come up, but it's just, yeah, there's plenty of things I know I don't want to do. But, yeah. but yeah, I just don't have a firm like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I, I guess that was the same with triathlon. It's like, I, I did it because. I enjoyed it and I kept going when I, once I left school and yeah. I guess it kind of just took me along with it. Um, yeah. I wasn't of someone in school who had like massive ambitions to be a doctor, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm a bit less like that and more just, okay, we'll do this and see what happens. So I, I think it's interesting because some people very much think about what's next and plan mm-hmm. for what's next and everything and that's great. That's each to their own. That works for them. But there's definitely a part of some people who, like yourself, are just living in the now. Like, this is what makes me happy. This is what I'm passionate about. Mm. This is what I'm working hard for for today and yeah, or months down the track or what have you. And there's nothing wrong with that either because that's what works for you. And live it, God, if we've learned anything that living in the present yeah, is important, isn't it? Yeah, because at, in a second's notice, you know, the world can change. Um, yeah. So there's nothing wrong with living in the moment either like I respect that um I yeah like but that. I guess I think it's a bit different because I am quite an organized person and do like planning stuff and making lists oh. so I guess it is a bit different but I think it's also I mean as I said I, w- I went to junior worlds since I was six oh, like the year I turned 16 I was still 15 when I got selected yeah so I think in a way triathlon not became easier for me but it was just kind of like kept going um, yeah. Like I was already kind of, I guess you can say on the journey mm. as corny as that might sound, but I, yeah, yeah I started, you yeah, know, when I was, I got selected as first junior worlds team I could make. And I think in a way that kept it, kept the momentum going. And then I had some decent success once I left school, you know, yeah. winning, I won Noosa triathlon 
as soon as I left school That's um, the huge. next year, which was um, a long, that was back in 09. And you, we, you would have been the youngest person to win, right? I, I for some reason, I do think Flissy Abram may have won it when she was a bit younger uh, than me. I think I was about, I was 18. I think she may have been a similar age. Yeah. Um, have to go to but yeah, I think book. it was just, yeah, I kind of the tangent I was on and it just kept on, I, you know, kept on improving and getting some okay, you know, decent results. And that's why I kept with it. And I don't know, maybe if it went a bit differently and I wasn't having the same success, it might've gone different, mm. which I guess is, you know, reasons why people don't keep continuing on and can't see the bigger picture. But yeah. I guess I've had a bit more of that in later in life, getting a bit more injured and the ups and downs of it. Yeah. But I guess you're older and mature and you can see the other side and what you're doing, um, yeah. which makes it you know, maybe easier to keep on going and keep on pushing and getting back to where you think you can, as you know, you've, you've been there before and you want to get back there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I want to ask because you brought up the organizing and, I actually don't even know if you said spreadsheets, but oh yeah, I, oh, I like Excel too. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I'm asking this is because um, I, I feel like I, I'm a mixed bag of things. I don't I, like I'm not a super organized person. It's all mm-hmm. in my head. So yeah. yes, it's all in here. There's the bandits and everything, but getting it down and organizing and all. Yeah, I don't really do so much of that until it came to my wedding, and I the spreadsheet for my wedding because I had so many things planned because that, that's when I get organized, like when I'm planning when, yeah. stuff. Did you have a spreadsheet from hell? For Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't say from hell. Sorry. I did have a budget. <laughs> I added everything up and I had different tabs. Oh, yep. But, yeah, I was definitely, uh, I didn't think organizing the wedding was hard at all. Yeah, well, no, because you're organized. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So I don't know. When- it was quite easy. I, I didn't have an issue with it either. I didn't have um, one. I don't yeah. think we had one issue with, I don't know, I just organised it and everything seemed to seemed to work. Nice. Did you go over budget? Uh, I guess we didn't have a massively set budget, but I, I am conscious of spending money. <laughs> Maybe that's the accountant in me. <laughs> um, so I did make sure I got the good prices <laughs> and did, oh, yeah. like you know, did some things ourselves that maybe other people would spend a lot of money on. Um, but it's sometimes like, why well, I didn't need to spend crap load of money on invitations when you can kind of make them, I don't know, an easier way or cheaper way that still look good. Yep. Um, but I guess we're not over the top people. We went, I guess we went expensive on the venue and the photographer. Um, good choices. But I thought those were the money, the worth it areas. And yep. yeah, so I definitely, yeah, definitely had a spreadsheet. See, I had a spreadsheet, but not with dollars attached. Oh, just, mine did have dollars. Mine was a like a schedule, more of a um, schedule thing. Yeah, because yeah. We had plenty of things happening. Yeah, I just I, I saw the wedding as a show. Yeah, oh, no, I know. Was- <laughs> I followed. We just followed the traditional stuff, or what the what the venue told us to do. This is yeah, what you right. do here. This is what you do here. Got it. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, when you talk about spending the money on the venue and the photographer, I read this thing the other day from a wedding photographer um, and and I hear this a lot from wedding photographers, how people don't value the cost of what mm-hmm. it, it, is, it is for a yeah. photographer. And they, this person was like, you're spending however many thousand on a dress, how many 
hundreds, thousands on all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that comes and goes and you don't see it again. But photos are the I things know. that you will always go back to. That's so why, why we are you skimping on the photos. And then we went with a good photographer. Yeah. And they're great photos. Yeah. And yeah. So that's why that was my theory. I'm going to yes. look at these photos for the rest of my life. Exactly. I want good photos. And that's why we went the venue too. Exactly. Nice looking Backdrop. venue. Make it look nice. Yeah. Perfect. What's Perfect. the matter? What the invitation look like? No one remembers the invitation. Like, yeah, I know. So, yeah. but everyone remembers the venue and and you remember the photos and can look at yeah. them forever. That Absolutely. was my theory anyway. Well, I think you nailed it. Uh, yeah. So maybe you have a future in wedding event planning. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> dealing with brides. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but no, I do like the organizing things. So that is All a right. venue, uh, avenue, I guess you'd say. Right, so you like need to go down. Yeah, you need to do you need to do just the planning in the spreadsheets, and then you've got someone else behind the it. scenes work. See, not out got in it. the got it out in the limelight. It's behind the scenes. <laughs> behind the scenes is important. It is things it wouldn't is. run without behind the scenes organization and planning. It it's very very true. I feel like the behind the scenes people don't get the accolades that they deserve. No, but they probably don't want them either. No, that's why they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, definitely just agree. Speaking, just speaking behind the scenes, I was having this discussion today, and I found this really interesting. Um, uh, I was at a warehouse um, where the bikes come in, blah blah blah, and talking to the people there, and they talked me through what happened, what's happened in the last twelve months, and how intense it's been. You know, mm-hmm. people keep saying that the cycling industry is booming and everything, and which is fine. From the outside looking in, it just looks like all these bikes are being sold. And yeah. But the logistics of it have been a nightmare. A nightmare. Yeah. Absolute nightmare. And I said, you know, you, you guys are the heroes. Like you, we don't need to sell bikes because they're just, you know. They're, they're selling they're themselves, walking. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> but you're having to deal with all these changes and whatnot. And then um, I was reading some stuff the other day about the Capitol Hill riots in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order for democracy to happen, so, you know, the place was thrown upside down. It was just stuff everywhere. But they, they whatever the process is called, but for them to go back in and, and do their voting officially in that building, the janitors needed to come in and clean up. And I was like, that's such a powerful message that democracy happened because the janitors came back in yeah, and did all, the, the did all the dirty work, really. Did the dirty work, the behind the yeah. scenes stuff. Uh, and there was this woman who was trying to organise, sending them thank you cards and everything because they're like, you guys are, are incredible. Yeah, like, without them it would never happen. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, my point, behind the scenes people matter. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, people appreciate it as much or realise, I guess, what goes in behind the scenes with everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my friend... I'm going to have to love you and leave you. You've oh, got that's to run. All right. Yes, I do have to go running. Yep. Lucky we're an hour behind here. No daylight savings. Uh, yes, widows. Anna, no, you guys are the widows. That, uh, will, cause, that will cause some arguments. Yeah. <laughs> don't your curtains, isn't it something to do with the cows or the curtains in Queensland? I don't know, something, something like that. I don't know. I'm used to no daylight savings, so. Yeah, you know, no different. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. But it's certainly been difficult trying to organise things. You're actually one of the first people to have talked to me in Melbourne language in terms of the time zone. Yeah, because I know the difference. It's an, it's can make things very confusing. 
It can. It and does. I've just, yeah, come back from being in New South Wales, so it's fresh oh, in my mind. Yeah. yeah, so how about people who live in New South Wales who and work in Queensland? Queensland? I know. The tweed coats would be all over the place. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, before you go, Drew obviously is your husband. Uh, well, obviously to you and I, <laughs> maybe not to everyone out there. Uh, does it still feel weird to say husband? Oh, no, not really. Sometimes it does. Yeah. You still feel quite young, but you're actually not. Um, but no, more people are getting married that we know these days, so it's becoming much more natural. Right. Yep. Yep, fair enough. Um, his role within the group training environment, mm-hmm. what's he doing these days? Um, well, I guess he's still working with under Joel as the assistant coach, but, I mean, we've just been on a camp with a few of the athletes from our squad, Aaron and Non. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he was in charge of, I guess, organizing the camp and running the camp for the last two months. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, he really likes working with Joel and we don't exactly know what the future looks like with everything, but at the moment that's still what he's doing. And hopefully, yeah, maybe one day in the future, he'll have his own elite high performance squad. Ooh. Um, that's, I guess his ambition is to be a high performance you know, coach and, Yep. He's definitely learnt from one of the best in Joel and been lucky to be able to work with, you know, the squad that we have and the athletes that are in the squad. Um, yep. Yeah, I guess majority, most people probably know all of the athletes that are in Joel's squad yep. and the international um, athletes there are and the results that they have. So, yeah, it's been good for him and mm. hopefully, yeah, learn some things and move on in the future. Awesome. So he'll be he'll – be- High performance head coach, and you'll be behind the scenes doing Logistic. the organizing. Yeah, Done. maybe. Sorted. Sorted. That's our future. Yep. <laughs> Just spreadsheet it up, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Amazing. to work out if it's on the spreadsheet. Exactly. Uh, Jacko, thank you so much for for joining me. It was great to actually catch up. And yes, you're still doing triathlon. Yes, I am still here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been very enjoyable. Uh, well, you enjoy your run and we, uh, I don't know, and we'll catch up again in person. I don't know. Hopefully one day soon. Hopefully, sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, last question. Do you think you'll ever go long course? No. No, I don't think so. Maybe, I don't know. Half Ironman, maybe. Yeah. Full Ironman, no. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I used to say that I wasn't going to have kids and... Two and a half years later. <laughs> Here we are. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, of course, it's a never say never, sure. but it's not, yeah, it's not, not a massive um, motivator, yeah. Fair enough. Go, definitely not for Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, but Iron Man is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy what they do, but, you know, yeah. never say never. Okay. All right. Watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. Exactly. <laughs> You'll also learn that I'm useless at hanging up. I am the equivalent equivalent of being on a phone call saying, you hang up. No, no you, you hang, hang up. up. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Yep. Um, you hang up. Okay. I'll go. <laughs> okay. Bye. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. Leave us a comment. It gives us some feedback, but also helps with our podcast ranking. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness and we'll speak to you in the next episode.